Hey there, and welcome to Wise Women. I'm your host, Andrea. I'm a mama, wife, book lover, coffee lover, and just your everyday woman who's seeking after Christ. Come along with me as we discover deep truths in God's Word, discuss common struggles among Christian women, and build a community to help hold one another accountable. If you're looking for a place to hear real, raw truth and honesty from Scripture, then this is definitely the place for you. So, Grab your Bible and maybe a journal and pen and join me as we dive into today's topic. Hey, hey, and welcome back to another week at Wise Women. Last week, we talked about why we should study scripture, and I shared some of my own tips for getting into a habit of reading. Hopefully, you've been able to give some a try, or maybe you found something that works best for you. Whatever it is, just put it into place and start practicing it. The more we can get into our word, the wiser we're going to become. Each week, I am so excited to share with you what the Lord has laid on my heart. Like, I really have something to look forward to now during the weeks, um, other than just being home all day with my girls. Don't get me wrong. I love it. But being able to do this podcast has given me a sense of life back into my routine that I didn't realize I was missing. So this week, we are going to talk about a topic that I know every single woman struggles with. And we're going to focus on our thoughts and talk about some thoughts that are really common among women, what scripture says about those thoughts. And we're going to talk about how do we, how do we fight those thoughts? What does it look like to to stand our ground, and to take charge of our thoughts. So you're going to want to grab your Bible and probably a journal and something to write with because we are going to have a lot of scripture today. Before we get started, let's go ahead and pray and get our hearts in a position where they're ready to hear from God. Father, I come to you today and I just want to say thank you for another day. Thank you for Another opportunity today to dive into your word and to learn more about you and to grow closer to you. Thank you that your word is truth and that we can speak it over our lives to help us help us overcome struggles and temptations and discouragements that we might face on a daily basis. I pray that you would shine the truth and your light into our hearts and into our minds today and help us to focus on you for the next few minutes. In Jesus' name, amen. Today's topic is a prime example of why it is so important to be reading the word daily. When we're in scripture daily, we're able to combat the lies that we speak to ourselves and that the enemy enemy whispers to us with truth because we know the truth. Our mind can easily become a playground for the enemy if we're not careful. But also, not every thought that pops into our mind is from the enemy. A lot of times we are way too quick to give him credit for our own choices and downfalls. What we take in on a daily basis is what's going to contribute to our thoughts. Music, TV, friends, conversations, things we read, all of this and so, so, so much more contributes to our thought process. It's what we teach our kids. It's just like a machine. What you put in is what you're going to get out. So if you put junk in, you're going to get junk out. If you put good things in, you're going to get good things out. 
the focus of today's lesson is to share some relatable thoughts that I have and that I've struggled with and that I think most women struggle with. And then we're going to talk about how do we fight these thoughts? How do we win and get victory over these thoughts? The list that I've compiled is just some things that I struggle with or I have struggled with and that I know some people within my circle are struggling with and that if I had to assume most women struggle with. So the first one is body image. Body image is everywhere. It's constantly shoved into our faces of, well, you don't look like this. Are you adding this into your regimen? Have, how many times have you worked out this week? What is your calorie deficit? What does your diet look like? It's everywhere we turn, especially with social media and especially with television. There's so much AI now that we're seeing things that aren't even realistic. And yet our brains are holding us to that standard because that's what they see and that's what our brains believe to be true if we're not careful. Assuming the worst of people, judging others. Guys, this is a big one for me. I struggle every single day with this one. Um, My ladies that I have the group chat with, I've told them several times that this is a big struggle that I'm trying to overcome is just constantly judging other people. And it's hard. It is really hard because my brain is hardwired to just instantly think the worst of people and to instantly think about other people. Um, I'm working on retraining my brain and retraining my thoughts. It is a daily process for me. This one is a big one. Um, I know my whole life I've pretty much struggled with this one. The feeling of not being good enough. As a mom, a wife, a friend, a church member, um, a career woman, plug it in, whatever, whatever it is. It's a hard battle to face when you don't feel like you're good enough for somebody. Like you're constantly trying to win them over or you're constantly trying to prove yourself to them. It becomes exhausting. I know that when we moved um, churches, it was really, really hard for me in the beginning because I constantly was questioning Do they like me? Am I good enough? Am I good enough to fit into their group? You know, am am I like them? Are we similar in any ways? Um, I really had to check myself a lot at uh, several different times in our transition from moving churches and remind myself that, you know, I am who I am. If, if that's, if they don't like that, then that's, I'm sorry. It's just who I am, you know, and and I'm not saying, you know, anything bad, but at the core of who I am, if they don't like me, then I don't have to prove myself to them. I have nothing to prove to people. Um, but not feelings of not being good enough are a constant struggle that I battle a lot. Um, what can tie into that is feeling like you're unworthy for God. Um, and you know, the scripture does say that none of us are worthy, none, none, no, not one, none of us are righteous enough, but because of God's grace and because of Jesus's blood, we are able to walk into a new life. But as humans, we are unworthy. Um, but sometimes it's really crippling when we have those thoughts that just constantly 
flood our brain and tell us, you're not good enough. You you don't need to serve in that area. You shouldn't be serving God here. You shouldn't be trying to do this for God. You're not good enough. Have you seen what you did last week? Or have you thought have you looked at your thoughts? Have you heard the way you speak? You don't deserve to do that. Um those are those are real thoughts and they they can be crippling. And they can keep us from serving God in a way that is glorifying to him. And they can put us in a state of fear almost. Um, the next one is depression, anxiety, fear. Um, these are very real. These are incredibly real struggles and real thoughts that if you aren't careful can overtake you. I will never ever forget in my postpartum season um three months in I thought I was past the baby blues because I'd made it to three months and it was like a a wave it just all of a sudden splashed over me and hit me as hard as it could um the depression just it was so intense and I had some incredibly dark thoughts and I'm ashamed of a lot of the thoughts that I had and a lot of the thoughts that I had were not my own thoughts and if if you've had depression or you have depression or anxiety you understand what I'm talking about the thoughts that you think that come into your brain sometimes they're not yours and and at the end of the day when you're assessing yourself you're like where did this even come from that's this isn't me and I, I've told you guys, I'd be honest with you. Um, with Emily, my postpartum was so bad that there I had thoughts of suicide. I had thoughts of everything would just be easier if I wasn't here. And, you know, she would be so much better off because I'm not good enough. I'm, I'm not a good enough mom. I don't know what to do. I don't have the instincts. Um you know, I can't comfort her. I can't bring her what she needs in this moment. And I was constantly defeated by those thoughts every single day. Um, you know, thank God that God's grace came in and I had a a really strong, solid friend that really talked me through a lot of stuff. Um, had it not been for her, I, I don't know that I would be at the place that I am today. Um, but the, the thoughts are real. They're not, something you can just brush off and say, oh, well, you know, I don't know. Those are real thoughts. People that with depression, anxiety, they really, their thoughts are real. They're, they're valid thoughts and they be, they can become their reality if it, if we're not careful. Um, another one that I have struggled with, I, I feel like I'm getting better with this one is bitterness and resentment. I have dealt with this a lot in my lifetime. Being bitter over not having what other people have or feeling like I deserved something that other people got. Resenting people because they have what I wanted. Or even resenting people because they're at a different stage of life than me. That even, that just sounds wild to even to admit out loud, but there's been so many times in my life where I have 
resented people because they're, you know, three steps ahead of me in life. And I just haven't gotten there yet, but I've resented them because of it. And bitterness can change who we are. I I fully believe that. I, I believe that bitterness and resentment can take a hold of our heart in a way that a lot of other thoughts can't. They can make us become people that we don't want to become and feel things and say things that we don't mean. Um, again, very real thoughts, very real things, very real fights. All of us struggle with probably from one time or another. Jealousy. I don't even know that I have to explain that one. Um, jealous of other people's things, jealous of someone else's spouse, jealous of someone else's bank account, um, anything, you know, plug it in there. I'm, I'm hoping that one of these that I have said so far that you've been able to connect with, maybe not the examples that I've given, but I'm hoping that the topic you are able to connect with anger, lots of anger. Um, I will admit that this postpartum, um, I have not struggled with depression and anxiety, but I have struggled with rage and that's hard because again, I feel like with this postpartum season, I feel like there's thoughts that come across my brain that I'm just like, whoa, <laughs> this is not me. I, I don't know where this thought came from. I don't know why I'm feeling this. And it can take over very quickly if you're not careful. Um, but just having thoughts of anger in general, being an angry person in general, those thoughts of anger are easy to feed sometimes, especially if we're watching things and listening to things that encourage or motivate that anger. Um, and then the last one that I have on the list is doubt or worry. I sometimes tend to be a very worryful, worrisome, worrisome, not worryful, worrisome person. And, um, that ties in with anxiousness or sometimes living in a state of fear, but just having doubts that, you know, does God really, does God really say that about me? Does, is this really what God wants for me? Is, you know, how am I going to get my bills paid this week? How is, how is this situation going to work out? You know, plug in your, whatever it is for you, but doubt or worry, thoughts of doubt or worry. This list could literally go on for miles, I feel like. And at one point in my life, my thoughts had full control of me. I'm talking about I surrendered to every thought that came through my brain. Everything that was in my brain and that was going through my brain, it was reality to me. So much so that I believed everything. Um. I don't, I, right now, looking back, I can't even like give you an example, but I just remember that time of my life where I was just like every, I was impulsive almost because everything that ran through my brain was reality for me. And I was just, I was surrendered and buckled and bowing down to those thoughts almost in a sense. I'm hoping that up to this point that you have found or heard something that you can resonate with, um, Maybe you have something that I've not covered. Maybe you have some thoughts that you struggle with that, you know, you feel like are rare or 
Nobody else struggles with them. Um, I can promise you somebody somewhere does. Regardless of what thought process you struggle with or thoughts, intrusive thoughts you struggle with. And if you're like me, um, you probably struggle with more than one. Like I struggle with judging others, feeling like I'm not good enough, depression sometimes, bitterness and resentment. Right now I told you I'm, I'm dealing with some rage from postpartum. Um, it's, it's like with our thoughts, you can't just have, oh, well, mm, I think I'll struggle with this one today. It's like you struggle with like five or six a day sometimes. Sometimes you struggle with more than that a day. Um, so the question becomes, how do we fight this? Scripturally, how do we combat this? And how do we claim victory over this? We all know it's a problem. And if you're like me, you're probably exhausted by the end of the day trying to fight these things. So we're going to talk about three steps or three things that you can do to help claim victory over your thoughts. Um, If you have your Bible and a journal and pen, right now would be a great time to get that out because we're going to talk about some scripture and we're going to look at some scripture. And you'll probably want to take notes on these three things. That way you can have them as a reference when you start to struggle with your thoughts. Even if you just put notes in your phone, like within your phone app of notes, um, or write them on a sticky note. Whatever is going to help you, just do that. Because I want you ladies to have victory over this. Because I know how defeating this can be. The first one is take our thoughts captive. So the first way we're going to claim victory over our thoughts is we're going to take those thoughts captive. 2 Corinthians 10.5 is the scripture we're going to look at for this. And we're going to be here for just a minute. Um, This is a really good scripture. This is something that I have referenced to a lot in in the years past of fighting my thoughts. Um, It wasn't until I really broke this scripture down the last week and started studying it that it became that much more helpful and more practical for me. 2 Corinthians 2, I'm sorry, 2 Corinthians 10:5 says, "Casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalteth itself against the knowledge of God, and bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ." We have to destroy or cast down reasonings, thoughts, or imaginations. That's the definition for imagination is reasonings, thoughts, or imaginations. And every high thing. High thing refers to an elevated place or a thing. Exalt. Exalteth means to lift up. Against the knowledge of God means the knowing of God. And here's where it gets super, super interesting to me. And bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. So this means when you look up the the words in the Strong's Concordance or Webster's 1828, and you put them together and you do your word study. Bringing into captivity, that means you literally take or lead Bring into, bringing means to take or lead into captivity every thought to the obedience. Obedience refers to the compliance or the submission of Christ. 
I hope that your brain is already thinking like, wow, okay, wow, I've got to take captive some things. So we have to take our thoughts and bring them to a place of judgment. We have to start asking ourselves when a thought comes into our mind, is this of God? Is this something that God would want me to think? Does it go against his word and what his word says? If it goes against his word and what his word says, then we have to cast down those thoughts and take them captive. Cast down just means to throw it down. We have to destroy it. We've got to destroy that thought right there in its in its steps. And so if our thoughts that come into our brain are not of God, meaning things that re, you know relate to God, something that God would approve of, and if they go against his word, then we have to throw those, we have to destroy those thoughts and take them captive. Take them captive means to take hold of. We have to lead them, take them. When we take something captive, we no longer allow it to have freedom to roam. I'll say that again. When we take something captive, we no longer allow that thing, that thought, to have freedom to roam in our brain. Think of it this way. If there's a fugitive on the loose and he or she is taken captive, they don't just disappear. No, they're not gone. They're not vanished. They are taken and they're put in a different place and they're held in that place and they're not to be let free again. Ideally, (laughs) Um, it's the same thing with our thoughts, guys. We can't just assume that these thoughts are going to disappear and dissolve and never come back. That's that's not going to happen. That's not realistic. We're human. We're going to fail. We're going to have struggles. But when we take those thoughts captive, what we're doing is we're taking a hold of them and we're putting them in a place where they're in a cell. They're in a prison. They can't escape. We're destroying them. We have to begin to take control of our thoughts and tell our thoughts what to think rather than being swayed by them left and right. Like I told you earlier, for too long, I was controlled by my thoughts. It wasn't until I started becoming more aware of my thoughts and what Christ says about my thoughts than I, that I was able to see some victory in my life. And so we have to begin to tell our thoughts where they're going to go. So think of it like a judgment. If, you know, you're sentenced to court hearing, you're going to come in and you're going to stand before a judge and they're going to hear everything you have to say. And then they're going to make a decision. Our thoughts are the same way. When that thought comes into our brain, we need to hear everything that it says. And then we need to make a decision. Is this from God? Is this of God? Does it go against his word? And if the answer is yes, it goes of, it goes against his word and what he says and who he is, then we have to destroy it. We got to take it captive and we got to get rid of it. We have to do that. And so once we have done that, once we've taken it captive and we have it in a holding cell in our brain, so to speak, The second thing we have to do, because 
it, we're not just going to put it there and then just move on with life. More than likely, that thought's going to come back again within the next 30 minutes. So the second thing we have to do is replace those lies with truth. We got to replace whatever that thought was, whatever went against God's word. We have to replace it then with truth. Philippians 4.8 says, Finally, brethren, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are of good report, if there be any virtue, and if there be any praise, think on these things. Bringing the thoughts captive is great, but we can't just leave it at that step. We then have to replace those thoughts with thoughts of truth from God's word. Paul in this text is encouraging the church that whatever is true, whatever is honest, honest means righteous, whatever is pure, pure means to be innocent or clean, whatever is lovely, lovely is referring to pleasing, whatever is good re- of a good report, that means worthy of praise, something that's commendable, whatsoever, um, if there be any virtue, virtue is moral goodness. And if there be any praise, think on these things. Think in this scripture is really, really a crucial word. Because think here doesn't mean what we think it means. That's why it's important to go back to Strong's Concordance or Webster's 1828 and to read what the actual, the original meaning is. Think here means take inventory. If you're taking inventory, that means you're looking at what you've got, you're assessing what you've got, and you're looking at what you need. And so we need to be thinking on these things. We need to be taking inventory of these things. What things? Things that are true, things that are honest, things that are just, things that are pure, things that are lovely, good report, things that are morally good. These are the things that we should be thinking on. So if... If we've taken captive those thoughts that are negative, that go against God's word, now we replace them and we think on things that are godly, that are good, that are honest. The whole list that I just read off. If we look at the back half, the second half of this scripture, if there be any virtue and if there be any praise, think on these things. Scripture is so amazing to me because it's worded so perfectly and God knew exactly what he was doing. It says, if there be any, if there be any virtue, and if there be any praise. This tells me that it might not look like there is anything good or commendable in our situation. If there be any, there might not be any. But if there is, you've got to take inventory. That means you've got to be looking at it. You've got to be searching for it. You have to be finding it. Ladies, Sometimes we get in such a dark pit in our brain, in our mind, in our thoughts, and I'm speaking from experience here. We get in such a dark place that we can't see the good inventory that God has placed in our lives. We live in such a place of defeat in our minds sometimes that we can't see 
the, the the virtue that is there, the praise that is there, the the good things that are there. We can't see them because we are so blinded by the darkness. And so that's why I think Paul is saying, if there be any, if there is any, there might not be, but chances are there probably is something, something positive that you could focus on and that you could look at. And when you find it, you've got to take inventory on it. You've got to You've got to figure out how much more do you have left of it? How did it get there? Where do, where do we get more of it from? When you take inventory, that's what you're doing. You're ordering more. You're getting more of it. You're looking at what you have. And so that's what the scripture is telling us. We've got to take inventory on these things and we have to think on these things. So we've taken our thoughts captive. We're taking inventory and replacing the negative with some positive, with the truth from God's word. And the third thing we're going to do is we have to renew our mind. Renew your mind. Romans 12, 2. And be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that ye may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. I'm going to break down this scripture. And conformed means made like, or to not resemble. Be not made like this world. Don't resemble this world. And I want to tie that into, because I feel like when when I have heard sermons on this, it's referring to like our actions and things like that. You know, oh, don't do this. Don't do this like the world. But I want to challenge you today with our topic Don't resemble the world in terms of our thoughts. Ladies, you don't have to think the same thoughts that all the rest of the world is thinking. We don't have to do that. The next part of the scripture says, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Transformed here actually means metamorphosis. And metamorphosis is any change of form or shape. So, but be changed. We have to be changed by the renewing of our mind. And renewing, this one is super, super interesting. Renewing means to renovate or to make new. Um, Brian and I, we renovated our house when we bought it in 2016. It is an original 1949, I think. And we renovated it. We rebuilt it from the ground up. We got rid of the old and replaced it with new. And so when you renovate something, you take down the old and you put it, put in some new, you replace it with something new. And so I want you to think about that when we're talking about the scripture, but change, but be changed by the renovating, the bringing of new to your mind. And also that word renovating, I'm sorry, renewing in scripture. Again, I'm going to tie in an English lesson like I did a couple episodes ago. I-N-G on the end of it means that you're currently doing it. It's an active process that is taking place. So renewing your mind, if you're renewing your mind, that means it's something you're actively doing. I would take that to mean daily. It's something that you are constantly having to do. You are in the process in the 
present process of it. So, but be transformed by the renovation or the renewing of your mind that ye may prove. Prove means to test, examine, or discern so that you may discern what is that good and acceptable, which means well-pleasing, and perfect, which means complete, will of God. And will of God is referring to the desires of God. This scripture is telling us two things. It's telling us, do not be made like this world in its patterns, in its thoughts, in its actions, words, whatever. Do not be made like this world, but changed, be changed by the renovation or the renewing, the newness of your mind. That's the first thing the scripture is telling us. Don't, don't conform to this world. Don't be like this world. And the second part of the scripture is telling us that when we do that, when we are transformed, our mind is changed and renewed. It says that ye may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Transform your mind so that you can then discern the good, acceptable will of God. Ladies, if our mind is clouded and covered with darkness and the things of this world and the junk of this world, it is so hard to discern what the will of God is for our lives. It's hard. It's hard to hear it. It's hard to figure it out. It's hard to see it. It's hard to understand it because we're, our thoughts are worldly thoughts. We're thinking like the rest of the world. But when we change that and we renew our thoughts and we make them new thoughts, it's easier to hear the will of God and to know the will of God because we're studying his word. We're renewing our mind in his word every day. Our thoughts are going to be a constant battle that we're going to fight. There's no way around that. There's no way around that until we enter into glory. And I am so thankful that God created that for us so that we could experience that complete and total freedom. But for now, we know that we can take our thoughts captive. We can replace the lies with truth. And we can renew our mind daily. Doing these three things can help us daily to fight this battle against our thoughts. We don't have to live our life the way the world tells us. We don't have to be bombarded and burdened with the constant thoughts that the world tells us either. We have the power in Christ and through the Holy Spirit to take these thoughts captive and to lead them to the place where they are pure, righteous, and glorify God. Now, this isn't foolproof, ladies. We're still human and we're still going to sin and those thoughts are going to creep in every once in a while, probably every day. But now you are equipped with the right armor to fight this battle. Now when those thoughts do come in, you know what to do. You have three actionable steps that you can take to help you fight those thoughts off and to win some victory in Christ. I want to pray with you before we go. And... Again, as always, my prayer is just that this has encouraged you, but that it's made you to not feel so alone. Let's pray. 
God, I thank you so much for your scripture. I thank you that your word is true and that we can turn to it when we are fighting battles, God, and that when we are in our weakest state and when we are mentally weak, that we can turn to you and we can find freedom and comfort and truth. I pray for each lady as they face this next week and as they face their thoughts each day. God, I know I know the weight that our thoughts can carry. And I pray, God, that these women would take these steps that you've given me, that you've shown me, and that you are helping me to practice. And I pray that they would put them into practice themselves. And that not only that, but that they would share with other ladies and that we would just lock arms one with another and that we would walk closer to you and that we would gain strength in your word together. I pray all of these things in Jesus' name. Amen. I hope today's topic has given you practical help to apply to a common battle that we all face. Remember, you're not alone and we can fight this together. Until next week, have a great week.